0: Well, as I was saying in the prayer, you know, we're getting ready to read through Matthew. <clears throat> and Matthew starts off by pointing to Abraham. And so we're just taking some time to kind of slowly, that's kind of the theme of what we're going to be doing next, is going through Matthew a little bit slower from Christmas to Easter and taking some time to just sort of pray about some verses, meditate on them. Think about them a little bit and just put a little more into asking the Lord, what what, what is it that we're reading and why is it that this makes a difference? And so this time we're just going to look at one verse. And and the reason for the verse is probably pretty obvious that here's Abram. God has told him, leave your father's household, your father's people, go to the land that I will show you. He's gone. He's done that. And, And it says that, we looked at it, that why this is important is because Paul says, if you look at this, what we're reading through the light of Jesus, then it's very clear that what's happening here is God was preaching the gospel to Abraham. And Joshua says God was leading Abraham. God was leading Abraham. God was preaching the gospel to Abraham. And part of what we saw is Abraham was following, not just by going, but inherent. There were souls that had been won, And they came with him, and he's in the land. He's proclaiming the name of the Lord. Well, what was it that he was proclaiming? He was proclaiming what it was that God had told him, and what is it that God had been telling him? Paul says, it's the gospel. He's proclaiming the gospel. He went throughout the entire land, setting up altars or monuments, and proclaiming the name of the Lord, as he had been doing through Heron. Here's Abram. God is building something in him. And Abram takes that to mean, here's what I hear from God. Paul says, it's the gospel. And Abram's proclaiming the gospel. And he's gone from the beginning to the end proclaiming the gospel. And and then there's this sentence where there's this famine. And what seems to us a detour, it's not really a detour, but for what, for, for, we don't have, it's what we feel there's this detour where now God takes them to Egypt. And maybe next week we'll look and see what happens in Egypt. But it's just that aspect of a detour. And what is the detour in this case? It's a detour to Egypt. And we're going to look at what that detour to Egypt meant. And the reason why it's applicable to us is should be fairly obvious that this past year, for a lot of us in one way or another, we're viewing it, whether it is or isn't a detour, we kind of view it as a detour. (laughs) I mean, if you just look at it in one small sense in terms of us as a church, we've been meeting on Sunday mornings in the chapel. The gospel's been proclaimed. We've been proclaiming the gospel. Souls have been won, but now there's this detour where we're no longer meeting there. (laughs) And We think of it as a detour because we think we're pulled away. Now uh, Our Egypt is Zoom. We've detoured to Zoom. And and we're all wondering, what's going to happen when we go back? We're looking at an instance of what happens, what that's all about. And and you can judge for yourself how that might be applied to us and our detour. And and it's not just this detour. There's lots of detours that God leads us in. And, And they're not detours, but... But there are these things that, that feel like a detour. So we're gonna look at this detour to Egypt. We're gonna be thinking about the detour we're on. Maybe you might call it the COVID detour or the detour of this whole year, however it is you want to describe it, or whatever it is that you want to say is happening. Something's changing up. And there's some aspect of us wondering are we gonna what, what's gonna happen when something we get back in some sort of way, you know, we don't even know what that is. The first thing that you see with Abram is after this detour, if you look a few chapters later, over in chapter 15, it says, The Lord says, Do not fear, Abram. I'm a shield to you and a reward, and your reward shall be great. Why is he saying I'm a shield? Because in Egypt, he proved to be a shield to him. He went into Egypt afraid. Maybe we'll look at that next week. But he was afraid of what was going to happen. But God protected him. God was a shield to him. Based on that detour, he's coming back and he's solidifying what you should have learned on that detour. I am a shield to you. And Abraham responds and says, Oh, Lord, what will you give me since I am childless and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus? He said, since you have given no offspring to me, no one in my house is my heir. Then behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this man will not be your heir. Part of what's happening here is that Abram has this all worked out how he thinks based on what he sees happening before the detour. He has it all worked out what God's plan is. And God's saying, what you thought was my plan, what you think that I've been preaching to you, has nothing to do with my plan for you. That's not the case. Part of what happens with, with a detour is we come back realizing that what we had thought is not the case. What we had thought was based on what was. But what God is leading us to after a detour is what he has been talking about all along, which what, is to, what it is that is to come something that he is going to make happen that that goes far beyond what was and is and, and what could have been accomplished. And then it says, verse six, then he, Abram, believed in the Lord and he reckoned it to him as righteousness. What happened is Abram started to believe. After the detour, something to do with seeing that God is his shield, he came back ready to start believing. He came back with some wrong ideas about what was going to happen, and maybe he knew that wasn't the right thing. He was just putting it to God, because but God made it clear, if you're ready to believe, I'm going to open this up to you even more. And what's interesting about this story is that God had been preaching the gospel to Abram. Abram had been preaching the gospel. Souls had been one, but Abram really hadn't come to the place yet where he was actually believing what it was that was being preached. And if you wonder how that, I don't understand how that all works, but I can tell you from my personal experience that God has preached the gospel to me, and I've preached that gospel out to other people, and, and I, I really it took some time before I actually came to start believing what it is that was being preached. And that's true, not just for people, but it's true for a church over and over again. Churches can be preaching the gospel. People's souls can be won for the gospel, but sometimes it takes a detour before we are ready to start believing. What does a detour mean? It means, are we going to start believing when we come back from our detour? Are we gonna come back believing? And when we come back believing, what God says to him, if you look further, he says, Know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs. Now we know from looking through the story that that land was Egypt, the same place that the detour had. There's a huge correlation between the words that are spoken, how it's described between Moses or, or Abram. Uh, leaving the promised land because of a famine, and Jacob leaving the promised land because of a famine. He's talking about Egypt. There's a plan that's there, but he doesn't tell him Egypt. He leaves it unspoken, but he's letting him know the plan is bigger than you think. And he says, Know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, And they will be there enslaved and oppressed for 400 years. You took this detour, Abram, and it didn't last. You may have thought it lasted for a long time. But the generation to come, it's going to last a long time. And lots of people have noted that there's just no coincidence between this correlation between Abram going to Egypt and Jacob and, and Joseph, the, the 12 tribes, the 12 sons of Jacob uh, coming into Egypt, and that what they had when they were there was this story of Abram, of God being a shield, of God bringing him back out. What's a detour? You know, our detour, it, it we feel like it's lasted forever. It hasn't lasted 400 years, but there's a good chance The next generation is going to have a detour that's much bigger than this. There's a chance that what the Lord's doing for us now could serve to be an encouragement for the next generation. But what encouragement is it going to be if we don't believe? What he's saying is the detour, and it's Abram's on a journey. It's not even just a point but are we going to come back believing? Are we going to come back believing what's being preached? And as we believe, what happened with Abram is God opened it up. And God let Abram see, look, the way you had thought this was going to work out prior to the departure, now I'm going to make it a little more clear. It's a lot bigger than you had thought. There's a lot. It's a lot more intricate than you thought. Now, the next thing is, if you take that off from there, the children of Israel uh, coming out of Egypt and the parallel between those two stories of Abram going into Egypt, Jake, his family going into Egypt, God bringing Abram out, God bringing Israel out as a nation from Egypt. What is it that God has said to Egypt or to Israel that this detour was about? Let's take a look at that real quick. Uh, if you'd like to, you can look uh, with me. I'm looking over in Deuteronomy. There's the first five books of Moses. This is uh, the fifth, Uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And we're going to look at uh, chapter 10. And this is after the Ten Commandments have been rewritten. And here's what the Lord says to them. He says, so circumcise your hearts, verse 16, and stiffen your neck no longer. For the Lord your God is the God of gods, the Lord of hosts, the great, the mighty, the awesome God who does not show partiality or take a bribe. He executes justice for the orphan and the widow and shows his love for the alien by giving him food and clothing. So show your love to the alien, for you were aliens in the land of Egypt. What is he saying? He's saying the detour is about God giving us something that we can hold to. And if we hold to it, this vulnerability that we've experienced, if we really just let that vulnerability, that moment sink in, that should change our heart. That is what will make the difference between us having a circumcised heart, which is, again, pointing to Jesus, but it's this softening of a heart, this change in our heart, or are we just continue being stiff-necked? Stiff-necked means unchangeable, uncaring. What's the detour all about? I'll tell you what, this past year, there's plenty of things that have happened that 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 if it, it has pulled on our hearts, it has pulled on everybody's hearts. But when that heart change is there, that vulnerability is there, are we going to pull back? Are we going to find every reason we can think of to not soften our hearts? That's what stiff neck is. When we find reason When we see out there that that we're experiencing in this detour, it's bringing us face-to-face with reasons why our heart should be softened, reasons why we're vulnerable. But instead of just letting that change our heart, we find every reason we can think of to ignore it. Every reason why we can think of to fight that softening of our heart. What a detour is about what the detour could be for us is, are we going to come back believing? Are we going to come back with a changed heart? Or are we going to fight that and be stiff-necked? And as we believe, as our heart is changed, the Lord's going to make it clear that it's much bigger than we thought. If you look at this, God's building a community of believers here. And what he's basically saying to them is what, what good is it to build a community if we're all stiff necked? What good is it to grow a church, to build for people to come on Sunday morning if we're all going to be stiff necked? What God is building is not just numbers. What Abram was building was not just numbers. What Abram was building was people with a softened heart, people who believe what God is saying. The detour is an important way that God brings us to that place. It's an important way that God takes us out of the plans that we had thought, the way that we couldn't really figure out why this isn't working. And puts us into a new light of trust in him, believing what it is that's being preached, and a heart that's changed, that's softened. All this is pointing to Jesus. And as we get to Matthew, I, I thought I'd just go ahead and read this. We, we might take a look at this too, but we're, we're pushing towards how does Abraham have to do with Matthew? Why is he starting it off here in particular? This beginning. It says in chapter 2 of Matthew, now when they had gone, this is the Magi. The Magi were, you know, we talked about God proclaiming the gospel to Abram. God had been proclaiming the gospel not just to Abram, but all over the world. And the Magi is what we see, is people who have had the gospel proclaimed, and now they're traveling a long distance to contribute. That's how this story of Egypt is sandwiched between the Magi and what we're going to see Herod. So in between the Magi, the cutting edge, the difference between the Magi and Herod, here is this story of Jesus coming out of Egypt. It says, now when they had gone, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, get up, Take the child, his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him. So Joseph got up, took the child, and his mother, while it still was night, and left for Egypt. And he remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Out of Egypt, I called my son. There's something about this detour that's pointing to Jesus. The detour of Abraham is pointing to the detour that the all of Israel was facing. The detour of all of Israel is pointing to the detour that Jesus was going to be, the Savior of the world as he comes into the world, takes this same detour to Egypt. And what, what is this detour about? God had said this detour, this was a... a uh, a quality of the coming of the Messiah, the quality of the this was a signpost of, of when it was that this promise is going to become true. And what the Magi saw was they saw this signpost, they saw this star, they, they saw the details, and coming out of Egypt at this moment, the coming out of Egypt and the he's saying this is for his people to be able to see that this is the time of what God had said he's going to be doing. He's doing it right now. It brought clarity to a moment of God's salvation. And the question that we have to ask ourselves as we come out of our detour is, are we going to believe? Are we going to have soft hearts? Are we going to see the bigger vision of what God's doing? Are we going to let go of the way we thought things were going to work out and grab a hold of the hugeness of what God is doing? And that really comes down to a choice that we have between, do we want to be like the Magi or do we want to be like Herod? Are we willing to travel a great distance at our own expense leaving behind whatever it is that we had to travel this distance to participate in the clarity that's been given by this detour to what it is that God is doing with us, to the plans that God has for us? Are we willing to travel to contribute to that, or are we going to be like Herod? And what was Herod? Herod was just one at the status quo where he was king. He didn't want the focus to be shifted to someone other than himself. He didn't want it to be about a king other than himself. He wanted it to be about him, and he didn't want the inconvenience of what this may or may not mean. He wanted things to stay as they were, and he was willing to destroy whatever it is that God was doing, to fight against whatever it is that God was doing to make that happen. And we may not think of us as doing that way. But those decisions come up with us all the time. It's a continuous decision in following God. Are we going to let go of where we've been, make the journey to participate in what it is that God is doing with soft hearts believing? Or are we going to become stiff-necked? Are we going to insist on the way we've got things worked out and without even saying it, seek to destroy what it is that that God is doing. A detour brings all these things up. Every detour we have, the reason why we see it as a detour is because God is doing these things. And so for us as a church, I'm hoping that at some point, it may not be true, but I'm hoping that at some point, as we read through Matthew, that there's going to be a coming home of some sort, that we're going to come back from this detour, that there'll be some point, I'm hoping, maybe by Easter, hopefully, we will be able to have some sort of coming back in the sense of at least our Sunday worship service will be able to meet together. But the, the question is whenever whether that happens or not, and I think it will, I'm praying it will, But when we come back to that, what are we going to come back to? Let's come back believing what it is we've been preaching. Let's come back with a softened heart rather than stiff-necked. Let's come back being willing to travel to wherever it is that is to contribute to what the Lord is doing. Let's pray. Jesus, we uh, thank you for all that you're doing. We thank you for this detour. We pray for the lives that are lost. We pray for the harm that's done. We pray for all the heartache that that we're going through and the difficulty of it. But we know that you are a shield, and we know that you have a plan. And we know that you're going to bring us back in our small sense, but, but in every sense. But Lord, help us to remember things that, you've brought us to in this detour. Bring us back believing. Bring us back with a softened heart. Share with us more of how big your vision is for us. Bring us back to celebrate, to contribute, to take joy in what you've made clear of your salvation, of Jesus, our Lord. Jesus, we ask all these things in your name. Amen.